The message you're about to listen to is produced by CRIC Media. Hallelujah. Celebrate Jesus once again. Praise God. Are you glad you came? Jesus is in our midst. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is Lord. Whenever you say that, you're saying Jesus Christ is supreme authority. Whenever you say it, you're saying that everything is subject to Jesus. Amen. Are you ready for school today? Amen. Praise God. Glory to God. All right. We are in school of healing. I trust that we are laying a foundation. We'll soon go to how God heals, why God heals, instruments of healing. And we are laying the foundation so that you have a reason to do what you do. See, people who are trained have a mindset. People who are taught have an opinion. There's a difference between a mindset and an opinion. An opinion can change when you're under pressure. A mindset is fixed. It's a way of living. Did you get what I said? Okay. And that's why in causes that training is important, they always have a further learning program after you're through with your university. For instance, in accounting, you've got to do an ICANN or an ANA. You, you, you need one of those stuff. When you go to the next phase, you are doing training. In law, you go to law school. Notice what they call it, law school. You, you, you were taking law in school. But now you're not just taking law, you are in law school. I looked at the word school. I don't want to touch it today. And I, looked, I did a study on the word school. And it's an interesting thing that... Um, my boss is dragging on my coattail. Let's stay with what we are doing. But you, you got to understand that this is a specialized training course. The goal of this training is to release you as a healing minister. Are you all there? As a healing technician. Hallelujah. The way John G. Lake used to call it. Praise God. All right. Matthew 28 verse 19. If you are there, say amen. All right. We're using the New King James. And um, when necessary, we'll go to the Old King James. All right. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples. Now, that tells us that we are commanded to make disciples, not converts. That means discipleship is a command. Discipleship is intentional. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Next. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age, Amen. Isaiah 8 verse 18. 
here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. Give me, give me Isaiah 8, 16 first and Isaiah 8, 18. So it must be 16 to 18. All right. It says, bind the testimony, seal the law among who? My disciples. Then 18 now. Okay, 17. I wait on the house. I wait on the Lord who hides his face from the house of Jacob and I will open him. Look at verse 18. Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. Now, this statement prophetically was used for Jesus in Hebrews chapter 2. So Jesus is saying that I and the children whom God has given me are for signs and wonder. Say I'm made for signs and wonders. In John 14, verse 12, Jesus said, He who believes in me, so much of said, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Now, means doing the works of Jesus is your natural life. Doing the works of Jesus is your natural life. He said, The works that I do, he will do. He didn't say he will try to do. The miraculous is your natural way of living. You are called to be an embodiment of the miraculous to your world. It says, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do. Say he will do. That means it's natural. He will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. Say I am made for signs and wonders. All right, Max 16, 17 to 18. We'll look up a few things and we'll dig into why God heals. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out devils. How will they cast out devils? In my name. It means in my authority. They will speak with new tongues. Next. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. In other words, poison does not kill us. Then he says... They will lay hands on the sick. They might recover. Is that what you have there? Jesus is sure about your healing ministry. He says they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Say, I have a healing ministry. All right. Now let's dig into Matthew 28, 19 again. And we'll run into how God heals. Okay. It says, go therefore and make disciples. And we said a disciple, first of all, we said teaching is theoretical. Training is practical. See, because you are taught to know, you are trained to do. You know, that's why I said this child has no home training. See? Because the essence of training is to give you a mindset that governs your behavior. The essence of training is to give you a mindset that governs your behavior. You are taught to know, you are trained to do. So the essence of this class is not taking notes. In fact, you don't know what you claim to know unless you are doing what you know. 
in James 1 verse 21, verse 21 into 22, it says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and, and overflow wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Then it says, and be, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. What did he say? Deceiving yourselves. Hearing without doing is self-deception. Hearing without doing is self-deception. That means you don't know it until you do it. To teach is to transfer information. To train is the impartation of skills. Did you see that? Next. The purpose of teaching is the transference of knowledge. The purpose of training is the acquisition of skills. I'm just bringing up to speed what we learned yesterday. A disciple, we said, is a pupil. A disciple is one, a pupil. In Matthew 10, 24 to 25, Jesus said, he said, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. Next. It is enough for the disciple to be like his master, and it's someone like uh, like his teacher, and it's someone like his master. Now, yesterday we spoke about the disciple being an apprentice. Can you remember? All right. Now look at Matthew ten twenty four to twenty five in the Good News translation. No pupil is greater than his teacher. So when you say you're a disciple, you are saying, hey, whatever Jesus says is final authority. If Jesus said I can do his works and I can do his works, if Jesus said I can cast out devils, I can cast out devils, then you're a true pupil. No slave is greater than his master. In other words, we take orders. 24, 25 rather. So a pupil should be satisfied to become like his teacher and his slave how? Like his master. Number two, a disciple is a student. We learned that yesterday. In Matthew 10 24, the MSG, look at what it says. MSG, Matthew 10 24. A student doesn't get a better desk than her teacher, a laborer doesn't make more money than his boss. That means Jesus is well established in this thing. So we learn from him. Whatever he says is the way. Am I right? Luke 6, 39 to 40. He says, and he spoke a parable to them. Can a blind lead a blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? Verse 40. A disciple is not always teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like Jesus. Will be like his teacher. You know, our vision is to raise the people who are like Jesus. Can you remember that? And that's the goal of the redemption. A people like Jesus. Hallelujah. So, let's dig in deep to know that whatever the Bible says in this class is final. In Matthew 13 52, quickly please. A message translation. It said, then you see how every student... Well trained in God's kingdom is like the owner of a general store who can put his hands on anything you need, old or new, exactly when you need it. Notice it's a training. 
It can put his hand on anything you need. Hold on you exactly when you need it. That's a training. Training is tactical. Training is strategic. Number three, is the disciple. A disciple to the word means to enroll as a scholar. The word scholar refers to, if you go check in your dictionary, refers to a group of people who are studying either a particular course or under a teacher before you look at someone who is well learned. See, we, are, we have enrolled as scholars so that we can do what Jesus did. Amen? You can write on Acts 18, 1 to 11. Because of time, we'll read Acts 18, verse 11. After he made his, contact, his converts, he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. See, he continued. It's a school. In Acts 19, we're going to do 8 to 10. And he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. Notice it's concerning the kingdom of God. See that? Concerning the kingdom of God. Say the kingdom of God. Yeah. The Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not the mundane things. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And in Matthew 12, verse 28, Jesus said, if I cast out spirits by the spirit of God, he says, therefore, the kingdom of God is come unto you. Matthew 12, verse 28. Acts 19, verse 9, please. Acts 19, 9. But when some were hiding and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, departed from them and withdrew the disciples. What do you do? Withdraw the disciples. Reasoning daily. What are we doing here? Daily. That's when Bible school starts. It will run from Monday to Friday. Then we'll have a special uh, class that runs on Saturdays for those who are not in a Monday to Friday, those who work. When we went for training then, our weekend program was around 6 a.m. or thereabouts to 7 or 6 p.m. in the evening. 12 solid hours of being in the Word for one year. You can't remain the same again. If you do it every day, four hours every day, by the time you take maybe from nine to one every day, four hours every day, five days a week, that's 20 hours in the world. You can greet someone and say, this is the day the Lord has made. Sorry, good morning. We'll be kicking off shortly. See, because when you guys are storming hospitals and raising the dead and doing a... Say, please, where, where you trained? You now tell them you need to come to CROBC. Charismatic Renaissance Bible College. Because it's all Bible and practical. That's why it's Charismatic Renaissance Bible. Charismatic means we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Bible means it must be based on the word. See that? So this is a school. For instance, if you look at 
Second Timothy three sixteen to seventeen. The Bible says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Look at the next verse. That a man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Give it to me in the Good News Translation. In the Good News Translation. It says, so the person who serves God may be fully qualified and equipped to do every kind of good deed. Complete program. Give it to me in the NLT. I like the NLT here. It says, God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Daily in the word. Say daily in the word. That's what we are doing. You are daily in the word. Hallelujah. It says, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. Now, that's where you get the word tyrant. Go and check it. That means in that school, Bible was final authority. Next. Verse 10. And this continued for two years so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of God, both Jews and Greeks. Give me verse 20 now. When this teaching program continued, so the word of God grew mightily and prevailed. Are you all there? So, that's why this is a discipleship program. Hallelujah. All right. Let's look at this. Number four. Who's a disciple? A learner. In John 8, 30 to 32, the Bible says, as Jesus spoke these words, many believed on him. Okay, in him, verse 31. And then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in he believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Next, it says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Notice you have to continue. The learner, a disciple is a continuous learner. See, and that's why I was telling you on Sunday, I said it's supposed to be two hours of solid teaching. So that when you, you see someone that is, is sick, it's a mindset that they are going to be healed. If you don't see instant results, you know that their recovery has begun. Are you following me? All right. Let's look at Second Timothy. We've already looked at it. Um, let's look at Second Timothy 3 verse 14. Instead of reading to 16 and 17, but just read 14. Say, but you must continue things which you have learned and have been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them. It says you must continue. Tell someone you must continue. Yeah, because we are learning from the word. Your opinion doesn't matter. My opinion doesn't matter. You said, that's true, son. <laughs> he, 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 he spoke immediately. That's true, son. I said, your opinion, my opinion. I said, that's true. So he's reminding me, your opinion doesn't matter. That's me and you too. Amen. So that's true, daughter. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Number five. A disciple is an apprentice. Luke 6, 40. Message translation. An apprentice doesn't lecture the master. The point is to be careful who you follow as your teacher. So you become like your teacher. Jesus is our teacher. 
We are all students. I myself am a student. Sometimes I'm teaching you, I hear some fresh things. I say, boy, I need to take note on that. It says an apprentice doesn't lecture the master. So if Jesus says you can lay hands on the sick and they will recover, don't say, I don't know whether I am done enough in the Lord. Who cooked you? I don't report you entered. I don't know that I'm done. All right. Look at Acts 4 verse 13. It says, Now when they saw the borders of Peter and John and perceived they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and that they realized that they are being with what? With Jesus. They were his apprentice. See? Because when you read Mark 3, from verse 13 to 15, if, if it says, and he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted, and they came to him. Next, it says, then he appointed 12 that he might be with him, that he should send them out to preach and to have power to heal sickness and the castle of demons. It, it, they might be with apprentice. See, I'm an apprentice. Yeah, you're an apprentice. Six, who is a disciple? One who subscribes to the thoughts and teachings of another. That's the disciples. You subscribe to the thoughts and teachings of another. Luke 11 verse 1. The disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So if you say you're a disciple of Jesus, you are actually following the teachings of Jesus. A disciple is a devoted follower. My master has said it, so he settles it for me. In Philippians 2 verse 5, the Bible says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 4, 14 to 17. It says, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. Next. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I begotten you through the gospel. Next. It says, therefore, I urge you, imitate me. And it's a disciple is an imitator. See? Is an imitator. Look at the next verse. It says, For this reason I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and favorite son in Lord, who remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere how in every church. Number seven, a disciple is an imitator. See, he just said he imitates me. In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, it says, Imitate me or follow me as I follow Christ. First Corinthians 11 verse 1. It says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. So in this class, we are imitating Christ and the apostles. We are imitating Christ and the apostles. What are we doing? Imitating Christ and who? The apostles. In 2 Corinthians 12, 17 to 18. It says, did I take any advantage of any of those whom I sent to you? Next. It says, I owe titles and sent our brother with him. Did titles take advantage of you? Did we not walk in the same spirit? Did we not walk in the same steps? He was imitating Paul while he was there. The Lord was telling me something. Give us Philippians 4, 8 to 9. He said, who obeys what you say? He was asking me about those who follow me without questions. Those who do exactly what I tell them to do. I started finding to find if I will find many. How many did I find? Who can guess? Huh? Who can guess? I found one. 
said, everyone who followed him, followed him willingly. Follow me, I'll make you fish as a man. Peter dropped it. He said, pay attention to those when you say something, they obey you. He said, pour yourself. Pour your whole self into them. There'll be a return. Without regrets. It was the one that asked me. Who is following you? Who is imitating you? Who wants to be like you at any cost? Who wants? My son loved me so much that he didn't even know how I was born. That he said that he wants his wife to give birth like my mother. So we're praying for the wife. The service was not opening. We're praying. And she gave birth by CS. I said, no. This cannot be. So I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, what's the problem? I said, ask your son what he prayed. So I called him. I said, did you pray that your wife should give birth like my mother gave birth to me? You remember that day now? He said, yes. I said, did you ask me how I was born? That's how much he loves me. He said, who follows you? Who does everything you tell them to do? Who obeys you? Who? Who? He was asking. So I began to think, when I tell this person, did the person do? Did I tell this person? I was just thinking, I found one. I think I'm, I'm, there's somebody else I'm looking at. Maybe it could be also one. I'm trying to think. I will analyze it what we get. So on anything you tell the person, the person does. For your whole life. For Paul, that was Timothy. For Jesus, it's Wally Fessor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now look at this. Finally, brethren, what, what things are true, what things are noble, what things are just, what things are pure, what things are lovely, what things have good reports. If there is any virtue, if there's any praise, anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Mindset. Think on these things. O King James says, think on these things. Now give me verse 9. Look at it. You are imitating Jesus. The things which you have learned is a learner. And received and heard and saw in me. These do. And what they say? And the God of peace will be with you. You will have victory over Satan. There's something about submission to authority that guarantees uncommon victories. There's something about submission to authority that guarantees uncommon victories. My son went to work. I said, let me rent a house. I said, don't worry, daddy. He got a house. And in one month, over one million of equipment were bought into the church in one month. No dime from headquarters. I sent Pastor Churchill to Benin. And he went to Benin. And he wanted to move immediately. I said, wait in that venue for a while. And somebody came from U.S., paid his house rent, 
Now, Pastor Churchill was living in a one-bedroom flat. We were living in a four-bedroom flat in Benin. There is something about submission to authority that gives uncommon victories. The person said in two months, he's building a, a two-bedroom apartment for any other pastor that is coming to the state. That you can look for another venue for the church. All happened in how many months? Somebody had, God moved somebody from the U.S. It says, and the God of peace will be with you. Let me show you the God of peace. In Romans 16 verse 20, it says, the God of peace shall soon cross Satan under your feet. It says, when you, when you are following sincerely, Satan will just be bowing. Second Thessalonians 3, I believe it's verse 15 or 16. Give me 16. Now, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always how in every way the Lord be with you. I like the old King James. It says, by all means. That means in any way God ready to take down anything to make sure you're at peace. Paul said, when you follow, you learn and do what you are learning from the word. Say the God of peace. Hallelujah. Are you all there? All right. So let's begin to enter into, give me a second, Timothy 3 verse 10, and we'll be moving to why God heals. 